Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. This here is the story of a man from JetBlue. Got pushed around on the job, so he did what he had to do. The passenger was getting rude. Stephen grabbed two ice-cold beers. He got on the PA and said, there goes 28 years. And then he took them beers and jumped. He took two beers and jumped. Hello and welcome to Betty in the Sky with a Suitcase. I'm Betty. I'm a flight attendant for a major airline. And I bring you stories from the airplane, the flight attendants, and the pilots, and from traveling around the world. This episode is called Stephen Slater Says Bye-Bye. Now granted, it's old news now, but you have to know I'd find it entertaining. And actually, I probably should send Stephen Slater a thank you note after he took those two beers and went wee down the slide. <laughs> I got a whole bunch of press. did about 13 radio interviews that week. One of them was even for NPR, PRIs, and uh, BBC's The World. That really goes with my and traveling around the world. So this episode, I in case you missed a few of them, there's just so many funny one-liners. And I got a couple clips from uh, shows like Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, uh, Jimmy Fallon, Jimmy Kimmel, Jay Leno, Stephen Colbert. They're just, just in case you missed them, they're just so entertaining. And then we have uh, other stories. I've got a great crashing story. In the last episode, I was talking about how I have a penchant for crashing parties. Well, this one's a doozy. And uh, we've got some funny airline bathroom mishaps. And a really funny medical emergency situation on the airplane. I don't usually say funny medical emergency situation that often. So I don't know if you heard the new commands. Our normal commands on the airplane are uh, come this way, jump and slide, two at a time. Now it's come this way, jump and slide, two beers at a time. some story. They did a thing on this on Nightline tonight. A flight attendant from JetBlue, a gentleman named Steve Slater, is becoming a bit of a folk hero today because of the way he quit his job. As a JetBlue flight from Pittsburgh touched down at Kennedy, a woman pulled a bag down from the overhead compartment. Passengers said the bag struck Slater on the head, and he demanded an apology. Instead, the female passenger swore at Slater, and he returned the favor, using choice words of his own over the intercom for all to hear. To the passengers who called me a mother expletive, expletive you. I've been in the business 28 years. I've had it. That's it. With that, Slater grabbed two beers from the galley, pulled the emergency hatch, and slid down the emergency slide with his own luggage. I've always wanted to slide down one of those. And and I'll tell you what, if we all had an inflatable escape slide at our jobs, I bet 80% of us would quit like that. They, um... Unfortunately, they took him to jail. I feel sorry for the guy. Uh, he should be rewarded for this, not arrested. I mean, this uh, this was the first time any flight attendant ever got all the passengers to pay attention to the emergency exit demonstration. 
Unfortunately, nobody got the flip out on video. It's, it's I don't know how that works. People are taping constantly, but it thanks to Slater, we'll need to make some changes to the airline safety card. Like in the event of flight attendant freakouts, assume crash position and extend arm to capture meltdown on iPhone. Took two beers and jumped. Yeah, he took two beers and jumped. So when your boss is riding your ass, you gotta get two. <laughs> okay, first story is um, connecting flight in Atlanta. We had just come from New York, and protocol is the oncoming crew will wait in the jetway until all of the passengers that need assistance are off and then you change crews. So on this day, we just come from New York, we're waiting in the jetway and the last of the passengers was getting off and it was a elderly gal um, that needed wheelchair assistance and her husband. Big gal, they were assisting her, got her into the chair and she looked up and saw all of us standing in the jetway and um, she looked up and said, in Georgia. After that, we, we weren't really sure what she was asking. So we looked at one another, and uh, the crew member that was up front said, yes, this is Atlanta, Georgia. And she, she shook her head, smiled. She, she says, in Georgia. And her husband says, no, no, because he, he understood that we didn't understand what she was saying. So he looked up, he said, no. She'd be saying she enjoyed you. Enjoyed <laughs> you. <laughs> so, <laughs> very cute. I love that. All right, so the second story is um, 767, big airplane, dual aisle. Uh, the service during that time frame was you start at the top and you yeah. work to the aft of the aircraft. And so two carts came up and there were two of us working on each side and we pulled the cart all the way up the aisle. And then you start all the way back. And you start doing beverages. And, jeez, um, we, we went like two rows. And it, it felt like the brake was stuck on this right. cart where we're pushing and pushing. Yeah. Pushing and pushing and, and nothing. And I'm thinking it's stuck. And we're trying to release and, and lock to get this brake to release. And nothing. You know, reach underneath. Nothing stuck. We thought maybe we had a, a blanket wrapped around a wheel. Nothing. So we just kept pushing it and pushing it, pushing it. We finally got to the back galley. It was like, oh, my gosh. Exhausted. Yeah. <laughs> it's only 500 pounds dragging it. We get to the back alley and we turn it. And I said, there's got to be something underneath here. And we reach underneath and um, and I pull out a shoe. <laughs> and the shoe, the shoe was bended kind of like in a circle. <laughs> and I think it was a patent leather shoe at one time. <laughs> and so I look at my flying partner and, and I, I, I said, yeah. Just take a walk and see if anybody's missing a shoe. So, so he, he walks up the aisle, kind of, you know, with a brisk walk, keeping a low profile with the shoe, and comes back. He says, Nobody, nobody's missing a shoe. So, so the gal that was working up front came to the back. She says, um, A passenger just stopped me on the way back. Did you guys find a shoe? <laughs> so we set her up. I said, Sure, here it is. So we handed her the shoe, and that was it. We heard nothing else. And then when we got off the airplane, which I think was in Orlando, um, we saw a gal with a beautiful black and white patent leather shoe, and then she was kind of limping on the other side. It looked like the, the heel was uh, a little loose. So we found uh, who, who the shoe belonged to. I love that one.
So last episode, I was talking about how I enjoy crashing parties, luau's, and certain things on layovers. Well, I thought up something new, and I honestly think I might have invented it, because I have never heard of anybody crashing a yard sale. Now, I know you're, you're thinking, what the heck are you talking about? So you went to a yard sale? I'm like, no, 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 I crashed a yard sale. I am contemplating moving across the country, still haven't decided, but if I'm going to move across the country, I don't want to move a bunch of crap and junk. And I have accumulated a lot of things because I haven't moved in a long time. You know, every drawer and cupboard and closet is jam-packed full of stuff, and I haven't cleaned it out in a long time. So I decide, okay, every day I'm going to clean something out. But the problem with that is then I have like a bunch of bags full of stuff to get rid of, but I, don't, I haven't cleaned out everything, so I'm not ready to have a yard sale. So I came up with this perfect idea that I would crash a yard sale. So Friday night packed up my Volkswagen Beetle with tables and junk galore. So the whole car is filled with junk. And so here I am filled with junk with nowhere to go. Saturday morning, I get up early, nowhere to go. (laughs) No plans. I just get in my car and I think I am going to find a yard sale to crash. So I'm driving and it's Santa Monica. So on any given Saturday, there's a lot of yard sales. And also because Santa Monica, though, there isn't always a lot of parking. So the first one I see, and there's a parking spot, and it looks like a woman and her daughter, and they look nice enough. So I stop and I say, um, can I ask you a strange question? And they're like, sure. And I'm like, do you mind if I join you? You know, the more people will stop, the bigger the yard sale. And uh, the mother was like, you know, I, I don't think our condo association would like that. And I'm like, no problem. It's no problem. I get back in my car and I keep driving. And the next few yard sales I see, there's no parking. You know, I don't want to have to carry my stuff like three blocks just to set up. And then there's some strange people because also because it's Santa Monica and California, we got a lot of weird people, and I didn't even want to ask some of the people if I could join them. So now I'm getting slightly frustrated because I was thinking, you know, it's tiring to load up your car, and it'd be just kind of depressing to go take it home and then just put it all back in my apartment. So I thought, I'm going to keep going. Uh, Then I see an Asian couple with a son, and I think, bingo. (laughs) They had plenty of of sidewalk space. There was plenty of parking. They looked like really nice people. So I stop and I say again, "Um, can I ask you a strange question? And they're like, all right. I'm like, do you mind if I join you? You know, the bigger the art sale, the more people stop. And they, I could see them both. They're just like pausing (laughs) and they go, um, you mean you want to go home and get stuff and, and bring it to sell? And I'm like, uh, no, I already have it on my car. (laughs) Just looking at me like, what? (laughs) And I tell them that I came purposely wanting to crash a yard sale. And I think they thought I was so like nutty that they thought, okay. (laughs) And then the guy even offers to help me unload my car. And I'm like, no, 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 man, I feel way too guilty. I'm already crashing a yard sale. And I'm not going to have you unload stuff. And actually, it's a great idea. They already had good signs up. I only picked a sale with good signs. They're already set up. I was set up in like, like 10 minutes. I only stayed like two hours, sold almost everything in my car. And I thought if I do this like every week or every other week, I could get rid of everything and it doesn't take all day. I don't have to put the signs up. You know, it's a great idea. I don't know why anyone's never thought of it before. Actually, the one flaw in my plan for the yard sale crashing is that I was just wandering around, driving around aimlessly, uh, which took up some time. So I figure next time, 
Friday night, I'm going to drive around, look for signs, because a lot of people put up the signs the night before, or they put like a notice in Craigslist or something. So I'm going to check out Craigslist. I'm going to look for signs Friday night. So this way, I'll actually stock and crash a yard sale. <laughs> Seems much more efficient. And WBEZ Chicago. This is Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, the NPR News Quiz. You're going to play Who's Carl this time. Carl Castle is going to read you three quotes from this week's news. If you can correctly identify or explain two of them, you will win our prize. Carl Castle's voice on your home answering machine. Are you ready? Yep. All right, here we go. Here's your first quote. To the passenger who called me a bleep, bleep you. I've been in the business 28 years, and I've had it. That's it. <laughs> Expertly done. That was Carl portraying a man who quit his job this week in very dramatic fashion. What did he used to do for a living? He was a JetBlue flight attendant. That's exactly right. Very good. By now, everybody knows the legend of JetBlue flight attendant Steve Slater. Following an altercation with an unruly passenger, Mr. Slater cursed out the passenger, snagged two beers, and vanished down the inflatable exit slide. He is now officially a full-fledged American hero. I mean, how many of us have dreamed of telling our bosses to shove it with this kind of flair, only to realize, A, that we need our incomes, and B, our workplace does not have a slide? I'll tell you, Carl's uh, impression was so strong that it leads me to believe uh, that that kind of feeling is welling up within Carl. <laughs> get no reception, you gotta get two beers and jump. When you've had enough of your congressman, you gotta get two beers and jump. So I was flying uh, a couple weeks ago, and I ran into this Italian woman who has a villa in the Roman countryside. How marvelous does that sound? She actually runs tours. She does um, cooking classes, and she also does a thing that sounds very interesting to me. It's a olive harvest and cuisine in the Roman countryside. So she takes groups. They have like excursions um, all over Italy, but mainly you are staying at her villa and either taking classes or doing an olive harvest. She has all kind of different programs. I mean, that just sounds just phenomenal, if you ask me. Anyway, we struck up a conversation, and she said that if I send people to her site, which is uh, com, that was com, and you mention my name, she'll give you $100 off a... Uh, a trip. And actually, I'm not sure if I'm supposed to mention this. She was sort of, I think, mentioning it to me. But God, it sounds like such a great deal. If you put together a group of eight people for one of her programs, you, the organizer, get your trip for free. Not the airfare, but the rest of it. I mean, how great is that? <laughs> Nothing like a trip in the Roman countryside for free. So any of you that have a big group, you might want to check it out. I will put a link on my website. Um, looks so fabulous. Might just have to do it myself. So if you check out the website and decide on a trip and mention my name, you'll get $100 off. When you burn your eggs in a frying pan, you gotta get two Okay, so I'm on the cart on the L-1011, way back when, and the call light's going off, and I'm looking around, looking around, can't find it anywhere. 
And it, I keep hearing it dinging and I'm thinking it must be an emergency. So I go back, remember the bathrooms were way yeah. in the back, like yeah. five bathrooms and the bathroom lights on in the bathroom. And I'm thinking it must be an older person, heart attack or something. So I'm knocking and knocking. And this 14 year old boy cracks the door open and he says, can you come in here? <laughs> Into the bathroom. I go, uh, no. Like I'm all of 20 years old at this point. I go, no, I can't come in the bathroom. What's the problem? He goes, well, I need help in here. I'm looking at him like he's 14 years old. He's like going like this with his hands covering himself. And I'm thinking, what does he want me to do in the bathroom? I thought, I'm going to lose my job if I go in that bathroom. Because he's going to say I did something. So I go, no, I can't come in the bathroom. So I, I shut the door. I go back on the cart and he keeps dinging the bell. So I go back there. I go, what, you have to tell me what the problem is because I can't come in the lab. You're a 14-year-old boy, and I'm, I, I can't do it. As well, I've zipped my penis in my zipper, and I can't get it out. And I go, and you want me to help you get the penis out? I didn't even have... Yeah, I know, but I didn't have kids at the time. I thought he was joking. I thought he wanted me to get in the bathroom with him. So he's sitting in coach with his brother, and his parents are in first class. And I said, let me go get your mom. And he goes, no, 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 no. You can't get my mom. Well, then, of course, I think something's up. Why wouldn't he want his mom to come help? Although they were sitting up there and paid no attention to the boys in the back. So I thought, some weird relationship's going on. So I called the pilots. And I said, could one of you come out of the, the cockpit and come to the back of the airplane? And he goes, well, for what for? And I go, well, this boy zipped his penis up in his pants and he can't get it out. And I go, I don't know how to help him. I don't have, I don't have kids. And he goes, oh, he must be in a lot of pain. I go, well, what do I do? He goes, you got to yank it really hard. I go, I am not, I go, my hands are not going near this kid or his penis no. or his pants. There's no way. I go, you need to come help me. He goes, I'm not helping that boy with this penis. He goes, I can't be touching him. Way back, you know, L10, 11 days before when the guys could come out. So he stayed in the bathroom till right before landing. I, I was checking on him. I'm like, is that, are you getting any progress? He goes, no, you need to help me. I said, well, there, I don't, I, I didn't, even if, yeah. even if I knew what to do. So I said, no, I said, yeah, he had a brother in coach. I go, can I get your brother? And he goes, no. So I thought it was suspicious. He didn't yeah. want any help from the family. So I go, what do you want me to do? So I went and got him a blanket. What? I went and got him a blanket because it's zipped up like this. So this is all open and it's stuck. So he put a blanket around himself, and all I could think about was him sitting down in the seat. How painful that must be. Pulling. He zipped his penis up in his zipper, and he wanted me to help him get it out. Did you resolve it? No! <laughs> he landed with a zipper in his penis. So on landing, I make sure to go up to watch. I was in the, like the 2L door, and he walks out with that blanket wrapped around his waist. Oh, he never got his penis out of a zipper. <laughs> I'm Katie Clark. This is The World. A judge granted bail today for that fed-up JetBlue flight attendant, Stephen Slater. He's the guy who cursed out a rude passenger after their flight landed in New York, then activated the emergency exit and made his dramatic escape down the chute. He's now facing some serious jail time, but he's also become a bit of a folk hero. Betty Thesky has been a flight attendant for over two decades. She also has a podcast called Betty in the Sky with a Suitcase. Thesky doesn't want to, it doesn't want to identify her employer because she wants to keep her job, unlike Slater, it seems.
Well, obviously, he had a bad summer. <laughs> it's been a yeah. really stressful summer. <laughs> but obviously, he had had enough, and he wanted to go out with a bang. Well, you, uh, you fly a lot of international flights. I'm wondering if there are any differences between domestic travel and international travel. There are a lot of differences. Actually, such cultural differences. One of the things that's very funny, actually, is that I'll have passengers run into the galley and say, oh, my gosh, you can't believe what I just saw in the bathroom. I said, oh, you know, somebody was standing up on the toilet squatting. And they were like, how, how did you know? Because we go to countries where their that's toilet the is sort of just two feet and they squat. Mm. So when they see our toilet, they don't know what to do. So they actually get up on the toilet and squat. But those same people who don't aren't, you know, comfortable with our toilets also don't know how to lock the door. So someone will actually, <laughs> an American, <laughs> will open the door and see someone squatting up there <laughs> and coming running into the galley. But I've never seen a flight attendant uh, go postal. Or I'm afraid now they're going to call it going stewardess, and that would just be terrible. <laughs> I'm wondering, too, you know, are there any routes in the business that flight attendants say, I really don't want to fly that particular international flight because I know that the passengers, I don't know, tend to drink a lot or they're just not generally very polite? Yes, actually, we have quite a few. Ooh. <laughs> I'll probably hurt some feelings at this point. Uh, people don't like flying to Paris. They drink a lot and they can be rude. India can be very difficult because the, the Indians that can afford to fly are very wealthy and they actually have a lot of servants and they, you know, think of your the flight attendant as their servant. Actually, there's a very funny story, famous flight attendant story, where this Indian person said to the male flight attendant, held out his baby and said, um, change the baby, change the baby. <laughs> and, you know, we don't change diapers. You know? and so he took the baby, went to a black couple and said, would you mind holding this baby? <laughs> took the wow. black baby back to the Indian man and said, here. And the man's going, what is this? And he said, you said to change the baby. <laughs> and actually another one, like Tel Aviv, Tel Aviv is very very difficult <laughs> they cause a lot of problems the passengers they don't want to sit next to certain other ethnicities and i've always found it interesting on international flights how passengers clap upon landing yeah and you know actually something like what happened with this male flight attendant jumping off the plane what the initial thing was was the guy stood up and was taking his bag out of his, the overhead bin when you're supposed to remain seated till we get to the gate. And that actually happens a lot on international flights because they think, oh, we're on the ground, and they get up and start taking their luggage down. And that's usually a matter of they just don't understand. <laughs> you know, we have to run around telling them to put everything back away and sit down. Hmm. So actually, this is the same thing that can be very irritating on international flights. I'm wondering how, how do you keep your cool on one of these flights that can stretch 12 or 15 hours? Right. Well, actually, in general, I think we handle it very well. But obviously, you know, actually, I don't know if you heard just last month, there was another incident where the Air France flight attendant was arrested for stealing from passengers in business class as they were sleeping, going from Paris to Asia. She had stolen 4,000 euro. Well, I hate to ask this question, but I am really curious. Is there any way you get back at passengers who have offended you or ticked you off? Well, in general, we don't have any. <laughs> We're constantly apologizing for things we don't have any control over. Actually, the thing that works the best for me is you never have to see these people again. It's not like you have to invite them to dinner. It's not like you have to work in an office with them every day. So in a way, you never have to take the job home with you, except for this guy took uh, one of the beers home with him. <laughs> <laughs> Betty Fesky is a career flight attendant. Thank you so much. Thank you. The Roman Colosseum will open areas long closed to visit. When people have ugly feet and wear flip-flops, you gotta get two bears and jump.
Roxanne, British Airways has apologized for an announcement over the PA that erroneously told the 275 passengers what? That the plane was going to crash. Exactly right. Whoa. Turns out that in the cockpit of your modern <laughs> jetliner, there are these buttons that the pilot can press to broadcast different automated messages to the passengers. And apparently in this British Airways jet, they put the button for everything's fine, nothing to worry about, right next to the button for, oh my God, we're all going to die. So they fly along, and this automated female voice comes on all over the plane saying the plane was going in for an emergency water landing. Flight attendants just had to run down the aisles reassuring the passengers. They all yelled, psych! <laughs> really, this cabin crew, though, wasn't taking any chances. The new guy they just hired from JetBlue insisted on pulling the emergency slide. He's like, I've had it! That's it! Are so polite was the Kent was the button that announced it was wrong just the never mind <laughs> when we said water landing we meant another round of drinks so a couple weeks ago I was working first class and uh, I was not in charge and I was sitting in the galley on one of our carriers, our makeshift seats, and I hear ding, 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 ding. And we have a code amongst ourselves that um, multiple dings means something important that we're trying to get another flight attendant's attention. So I'm like, oh, crap. <laughs> so I'm thinking, oh, something, something important's happening. So I get up really fast, and uh, I'm trying to figure out where the emergency's coming from, and I see the call light is on in the first class lavatory. I'm thinking, oh, that's not usually good. So I knock on the door. Are you okay? Are you okay? And I hear, help me, help me. And I'm thinking, crap, <laughs> emergency, and it's in the bathroom. This cannot be good. <laughs> so I'm about to unlock the door from the outside, which is what we can do when the door opens, and it's my other flight attendant, the flight attendant in charge, and she had been pulling up her pantyhose and hadn't realized that her bum was hitting the call bell. So she didn't realize she was the one doing it, and she heard the ding, 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 and she thinks there's something important going on in here. She hasn't have her pantyhose up, and she's in charge, and then she hears me knocking on the door and she's thinking that it's me knocking on the door thinking saying I need her to come out like there's a fire or something you know because she's in charge and so she's going it's me it's me but I heard her saying help me help me because you know it's inside a door and she opens the door with her pantyhose still not all the way up and she's like it's me because at this point she realized it was her that was ringing the bell she tears running down her eyes. I mean, we were like the Keystone cops. Nobody else knew anything was going on. But here, I heard the emergency call. She heard the emergency call. And she's in the bathroom with her pantyhose down thinking, oh, crap, I got to get out there. And I hear it in the bathroom. And I'm thinking, oh, crap, I got to go in there. There's an emergency in the bathroom. We couldn't do it again if we tried. He went so crazy. The good news terrorists are now afraid to fly jet blue so that's 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 good so about last week i'm in the back galley and i'm talking to two flight attendants and i'm telling a story well there's a shocker huh <laughs> here i am gabbing away and this man uh you know, a man in his 40s comes back and i'm assuming he's going to ask for water or something and he puts one hand out then he puts the other hand out and then 
he like basically crumbles. Luckily, the one flight attendant who was closer to him grabbed him because he basically was fainting and and lowered him to the ground so he didn't hit anything and put a, a blanket under his head. And, you know, whenever anybody passes out, first thing I do is page for a doctor because, you know, they know more than we do. So I immediately get on the phone and I'm like, ladies and gentlemen, if there's a doctor or a medical professional on board, can you please come to the back of the airplane? And now the man on the floor, <laughs> he's come to and he goes, I'm a doctor. <laughs> I'm like thinking, I'm looking down at him going, uh, I think we need somebody else. <laughs> I've never had a doctor down before. Like, I've had so many people faint on the airplane, but it's never been a doctor. Never had a doctor down. <laughs> about Steven Slater, that the runaway JetBlue flight attendant who has electrified this nation with a daring escape from employment. And, you know, he cursed out the plane, he grabbed a couple of beers, and went down the inflatable escape slide, which, which raised the question, why don't we always go down the inflatable escape slide? It's, why can't things be fun, you know? And of course, as is always the case with this sort of story, the facts are starting to ruin it. We would like to believe that this was one of those enough is enough moments, but some of the passengers who were on the flight said Slater was confrontational at, at the get-go and may even have been drinking on the job. To which I say, don't be a Slater hater. I mean, <laughs> the man does have his supporters, though. The Steven Slater Facebook page already has almost 200,000 fans, and the guy can barely walk outside now without a reporter jumping in his face. What do you want to say to all the people out there who are calling you a sort of a working class hero? I'm a little overwhelmed. It's uh, something I had no idea was going on out there. Any regrets? <laughs> Not even the hair color? Nothing? You gotta get two beers and jump. You gotta get two beers and jump. Well, that's about it for this episode of Betty in the Sky with a Suitcase. I hope you'll join me again next time so we can travel the world together. Bye-bye. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.